So thank you for your prayers, and I appreciate it, sir. All right. We've had some heavy classes. Heavy, 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 heavy. We've, uh, we've had some very practical, 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 practical classes of late. And we've had some cool, 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 cool classes of late. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> we've had some missing classes. Um, but quite frankly, uh, I'm thrilled with all of the, the classes and the varied nature that we have. Uh, but I felt it was just time to just kind of relax, sit back, and not have a mind-boggling, mind-bending, mathematical or non-mathematical uh, expression. So I want—I was reading through Rick Spurlock's uh, Modim Ruminations on Pesach this week and last week, and I really thought they were good, uh, especially with regard to those that are still in the visible expression of the church. Um, so I wanted to make sure that we, we learn a few things with regard to these portions. Um, these, as you know, are the, are the portions, the book of Leviticus, Vayikra, and he called. These are the, the things that five-year-old boys memorize first. They learn and memorize the book of Leviticus. To me, that's extraordinary. I am old. And the idea of even remembering how to say hakol and not hakal is more, almost more than I can do. I'm trying to get an adult Bible study to even open the book. Open the book and read it, <laughs> let alone memorize it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good stuff. So, I, uh, along, uh, along Rick's lines, I'd like us to review a couple of things that we should be getting out of the, these two portions, Vayikra and Tzav. Vayikra means? Inkal. And Tzav means? Command. command. Right. Um, so, after we review that really quickly, I want to talk about Pesach and what Pesach is supposed to do, what it's all about. Is it a one-time, woohoo, you know, and now we've got it, or is it an end, a means to an end? Uh, is it a, a dad thing? What is it? So, that's got to be Colby. Oh! Yeah! See you guys. Thank you very much. Rob, you doing? Just like you're the Minion Man. Thank you for coming. And I love your haircut. Every single one of them. It's probably a Sweet, Oh, it's the four spot. Man, it's just, ah, you know, I find it a little, it's a little, it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> so, uh, again, with Pesach and Vayikra, first five chapters, five different sacrifices. What's that first sacrifice Ola. which we learned? Ola. Ola. And what does that mean in English? Hello. Yes. <laughs> <That's> Spanish. <laughs> yeah, elevation. Or to lift up. Yeah. Um, what what is it normally? What is it normally? The burnt offering. The burnt offering, right? Well, burn it all yeah. It seems that they're they're all burnt offerings, but this is you burnt can say the consumed. Consumed, right? But the idea is that it is going to be go up. Yes. Sir. That was interesting. This week, the midrash teaches that the Allah offering was specifically addressing the sins of the heart. 
and thoughts. Uh. And it's really cool the way they prove that is they go to Job, because when Job offers up elevation no, offerings, no, 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 it's because he's concerned that the things that his sons may have blasphemed God in their hearts. So that was very interesting. Yeah. Now, you do know that I pray every day for you. That they if, do. if you should sin against God unknowingly, that God would forgive you. I also pray for your brothers-in-law and your brother. No, no they're, they're all, all brothers-in-law brothers in law. for you, right? He's, yeah, your, okay. he's your son. He's my son's son's in law. In law. <laughs> what's, well, what's the second one? Do you pray unspoken oh, for me? I don't, but I do. I, that's the third one. You echo my answer. That's the third one. I do pray. I do pray for you once a week. Fridays, I know. Tell me, that's, that's true. Yeah. It is the minka offering. Now I was surprised. Minka, I always thought meant afternoon. It doesn't mean afternoon. What does it mean? It's the grain offering, right? It's the grain offering. Yeah, that was surprising to me too. Yeah. Would you like to pray in grain? Let's pray grain. I'll play grain. And then uh, (laughs) Greg's already got the shalomim. What's that one? Peace. That's the peace offering, right. It's like like a peace soup. And then uh, the the fourth one is the first one that deals with something. Shalom is five. Four is chatat. Oh, we're doing Hebrew first. And that would be sin. And then... Shum, right? And that's the shilt, the, the guilt offering. <laughs> the shilt offering. Shlita. <laughs> the shilt, and um, you, you'd wear your kilt like for the shilt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about the Ola. Purpose, real quick. Just nothing heavy. You just read these. What Uttered gratitude. Gratitude, okay. Uttered Ab- abandonment. Holy cow. Wow! Literally. Holy, 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 holy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just cursed it. You know it benefits no one. That's exactly right. Because what's left? Nothing. Ashes and right? smoke. It's only what goes up to God. Good, good, good. Yeah. Juliana had a really cool teaching from um, Rabbi Foreman again. Yeah. This particularly one of the things he mentioned is that the first sin was like eating. And um, the offerings were sort of tied in with that because they're like offering up food. Right. Um, and this one was associated, I think he associated this one with like awe because um, no one shares in it. It's right. like it's totally consumed it. for God. It's gone. Zero for everybody. How about the minka? I got one more thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Yeah. So Rabbi Kaplan last week had a really cool drash on it. So they, the, he asked why in the middle of the Torah where there's all these scrupulous offerings, this offering, this amount, this time of day, this, this, and everything is so detailed, and it gets to, I think it's a law, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a voluntary offering. Yes. And um, they said, why did they just throw this out? Like, why have all the offerings? Why doesn't it have a specific amount, amount or a specific time of day as this? Like, why? So he goes into how this is voluntary, and how we should find, like, our Ola offering. Like in life, so like some people are naturally more intellectual, so they're gonna show up early for stuff or like that, and some people are naturally this, this, this. But the key is you have to find what can you volunteer your services in the Torah at, um, and that's what you that's what like makes yours everything. So like that's what the voluntary offering is trying to teach us is to own whatever part of Torah you're supposed to own. Very cool. How cool is that? I like it. It's good, Jim. Yeah. It, so, so you. I know then uh, of the ten of us, you and I certainly believe that these have some 
teachability moment for us, even though we don't do this. Did you, you didn't do the OLAT this morning, right? No. No. I did. Well, you did the OLAT. Why, do, why don't we do it? Why don't we, why don't we do this often? Not temple. We have no temple. We can't do it. In fact, we're being obedient by not doing it, right? Okay, so, but you think there's an applicability here. And then, of course, the sages have said that our prayers rise up but our, yeah, our right. lips are substitutes for bowls. Exactly. So we're doing the best we can. Yeah. In the Yom Kippur prayers, the Yom, the Yom Kippur Khan, which is like the fasting that you do on the Yom Kippur Rosh Yeah. Which I'd never done before until this man brought yeah, it up. Yeah, it's scary. Um, yeah. And, uh, I'm convinced that once he finishes studying everything, we're only going to be eating four days a week. <laughs> <laughs> but um, on, on this particular uh, section, they have a, a little thing on... Um, on the Minka offering. And it's really cool because they, they, they're bringing in the idea of it being like offering up as, as um, uh, words of your mouth as an offering. Right. They go back to Abraham. And they, because of course, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are each associated with one of the offerings. Absolutely. And so their um, uh, their argument is if you, because, ex- okay, this is you know, also before the temple. So it's like um, they associate it again with like prayers and things like that. Although they could have offered offerings otherwise because the prohibition was not in place no, then. No. The point being is yeah, that like place his name anywhere. Right, right. And with, but like with Isaac, it's especially associated with prayer in particular. And they're like, well, if you accepted prayer from them for these offerings before you instituted these offerings, then you should also accept prayer from us as substitutes for these offerings. Wow, well, that was kind of cool. That is neat. That is neat. All right, so the minka offering, grain offering. How's that? Done? Un- it's, it's unleavened. Unleavened, right? So we're not going to have any leaven in the entire temple, right? Except, or the, or the Mishkan, except for Shavuot, right. right? Other than that, every offering is totally without. So, are we, are we cooking this? Is it raw flour? No, it's what do you it's, got? It's baked with oil yeah. and uh, frankincense. Yeah. Frankincense. So we got it's. This is yeah. nice, it's smelly bread. But Flat bread. if you're poor, I believe you can bring it unbaked with like a jar of oil and you can put it in that way. I okay. Believe, I believe I read that okay. Right. So we've, we've got some, some different ways. So we've got some that are, um, and we see them later on, cakes. Sometimes it's just the flour. Sometimes it's in a pan. Sometimes anything you know, there's like three different ways, right? If you've got a griddle, right. you're on the griddle. You're in the pan. You're in the bake. You know, the oven and it, you know, so but Waffle. you're doing the great waffles, right? One thing it's definitely not is it's not a honey cake. You do not add honey. No yeah. honey, good well, point. Fruit sweetener to it. Yeah. All right, so we get the mink offering. How about, uh, is this, you got to do this one? You got to do this one? <laughs> well, it shows up in a number of occasions. You got to do this one? Are you pointing to number three? Number two. You got to do this one? Uh, the generation of the priests. You don't got to do this at all. You Not the regular maker offering is also, like the Ola, completely voluntary. Okay? Shalami. This one's unique in several ways. Give me one. Passover. Let's get there later. The lamb. Let's get there later. Because that's. Everybody eats Let's just do the Shalami. There's more than one person eats it. It's like shared up. Who eats, who eats this one? No one. No, nobody. No. Who eats this one? Priests. 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 Who eats this one? Everybody. Everybody. Priests and, and the guy who offers. Yes. Offer. That's Family exactly right. So, he can what? More. So, what does the priest get from this? 
No, you always get the facts. Well, the best part? The, um, is it the breast, the breast and, and the, the right thumb. Have you ever opened up a package of chicken from Harris Teeter and tried to figure out which thigh is right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it from the chicken's point of view or from your point of view? If you're the priest, you're cutting this bad boy because we don't bring Harris Teeter already killed meat, do we? No. Yeah. You're bringing a live animal. Well, I was thinking almost exactly that when I was reading this portion, and it was like the priests, the, the, the Levites, have to almost be butchers. Not almost. They, they are butchers. They are butchers. Because at some point it gets to the like, very detailed description of exactly, and you know, God made the animals, so who knows exactly where all these things are in an animal. But now, you know, the, the Levites have to figure out it's exactly this right. muscle is here, this part oh, of yeah. the animal is here. And extreme animal anatomy. And in Absolutely. fact, they actually yeah. have to be exceptional Not butchers because um, to kill it properly, you've got to be able to do the, the shikita, the, the slicing of the throat at just the right speed and without depth. depth and without like you know zigzagging it you yeah. can't sever the trachea right they yeah. can't they can't suffocate that's halal me right and, so and, and, strangled and then no within good. that you also have the issue of like Shocker. blood um they have a secondary priest there to cast the blood and he he'd be spit it in the bowl to keep it liquid yeah because otherwise it would coagulate it's congeal. Yeah. On the, on the, uh, don't you hate that like, <laughs> imagine this because this is also a, a concern of once once you've actually um, shech the, the the animal when it's dead, and now you're about to offer it, and but you have to cut it up to you know to start that process. And you realize that this cow had something really bad on the inside—a tumor, something gross that would have died of, of its own natural causes within a few months, or perhaps there was a, a hole in its lung, or the the windpipe isn't filling up properly. And you're the Cohen who's who's responsible to determine is is this kosher to be put on a, on the altar, right. even though the, even though the animal's dead. You know the person who just brought it. Maybe this is their only cow that they can afford for the year. And, and, and no imagine, outward blood. Imagine that pressure. Yeah. Like, do I or do I not deprive this person of of, of this animal um, with 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 your call of judgment right there? And, and, it's a, it's and all three are completely. You know, it's completely voluntary. Right. They brought these on their own. Absolutely. Wow. Good. 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 And yet, in spite of all of this slaughter. I believe they teach that there were no flies. No flies. And, and that was in the temple. We don't know about the Mishkan. The Shalomim also has to be consumed within a certain amount of time. Right. It's got to be that Anything left over is... That's exactly right. So whatever's left is going to become an Ola. Right? So everybody can eat it, but it's got to be eaten that day. Actually, that day or the next day. Yes. On the third day. On the third day, yeah. it gets burned up. That's pretty awesome. All right. So everybody clear on that so far? Mm -hmm. So burned up, any kind of grain, it's lovely. And then the shelomi, you know, nobody eats it, just the preceded, everybody eats it. Chata. Mandatory? Or no? Well, it depends on what you did. <laughs> Mandatory or no? No. You're obligated to bring chata when you when you sin. I would say that it's... If you know that you've sinned, yes. like he said, then it is mandatory. Okay, it's, it's mandatory. You live, but now if you, you live in yourself northern do it, Galilee, that's a different thing. You're in northern Galilee. Yeah. You have to make a tat offering the next day. No, you have to do it that Wait day. Wait one no. festival. But you better you do it. Do you need to make one? You need to make one. Yes. Yeah. But mandatory in the sense that you need to make one now. The answer is no. Oh, that, and that's yeah, why that's many good. people would go up for the pilgrimage festivals early. 
We buried Uncle Jerry. Yeah. Why? Because he died. Why did we leave early for Passover? I do their absence red heifer. I got to do eight days, seven days for sure in the temple. Third day and seventh day, I'm getting splashed with the ashes, with the water of cleansing or purification from the ashes of the red heifer. I got to have a full week beforehand before I can then do my, do my kata offering. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. Right. So you're not only sensitive to what you've done against God's commands, but how it's going to affect your travel plans and your calendar. That's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, anything else on that one? It's eaten by the priest. It is eaten by the priest. That's the means of atonement. Has anybody ever seen the movie Sin Eater? Sin Eater? Yes. No. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's an interesting movie. It's it's actually a Christian film, mm-hmm. but it's based on the, Leviticus. the it's based on Leviticus. But it was this particular Christian sect who um, would every community in the sect had someone who was the sin eater for the community, and he would have to live outside the camp. He'd have. He lived outside the village and kind of lived like a hermit kind of life or whatever. But anytime there was um, death or something like that in the village, the villagers when uh, would put out um, food as a kind of in memory of or whatever of the person who died. Yeah. And the sin eater would... It, you know, the sin eater would come and eat the food symbolically as the sin offering for that person's life. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of like that the is what Green Miles. Yeah, kind of. Although not as weird. Yeah. It's pretty weird. Pretty weird. Pretty weird. All right. Ashan, what, what is this one all about? Oops. In between man and man. Okay. Oops. Those oops moments. Okay. Oops. Intentional or unintentional. Well, it includes some sins that you didn't even realize you did. It's like, oops. Yeah. Well, it's if you aren't sure if it's a sin. Okay. But you... Because if you find out that it is a sin, you also need to bring a cup. Right. Because you're probably going to be doing both at that point. Exactly. In fact, because I'll talk about the... There was a... For that particular situation where you're unsure. Yeah. I may have said, but I'm not sure if I did or not. I don't know, right? Um, that was, that was, there was a name for that particular situation and it was called Asham Talui, which Talui literally is translated as um, hanging, right? So it's the same idea as, you know, what happens when a jury can't reach a decision? What's that um, called? Hung jury. Hung jury, right? In other words, it's kind of there swinging in the balance and nobody's really sure what the right answer is. And so Asham Talui is literally translated as the hanging guilt offering. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an interesting connection back to Messiah on that as well. But nevertheless, yeah, it's in one of those situations, it's that. I don't, I don't know. I just I'm, don't know. I, maybe I did, but I'm not sure if I did. Yeah, good. Just good. Okay. Mm. I do like the point you made earlier, though, that regardless, 
of how this worked, people aren't, you know, striding into the temple at every single evening because, you know, I looked back or I, I did that thing wrong or whatever. It is it is about sin, but it's not like we it's not like I think people sometimes compare it to like priestly confessional or something where it's like every Sunday you're gonna go do your thing, you know, right. whatever. Right. It's like it's definitely not the same structure. It's more about you you bring these offerings because otherwise you don't go in the presence of God. If you're not gonna be in the presence of God because you live in the Galilee or whatever, these offerings are not but but in it also, a sense necessary. But also presupposes that you've already sort of had that you've you've asked You've you've had that discussion you know, with God. The, yeah, you in your in, oh, in your right. prayer and in your your day to day relationship, if you sin today yeah, I probably should ask for forgiveness. Right. Today. Absolutely. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, it's not. It's not. It's not the next time I'm in Jerusalem that I exactly. go to the temple to do that. So what's the difference? What's the difference between me asking that God forgive me for that sin when I live in the northern Galilee versus when I go to the temple? What's the difference? Well, don't don't be disappointed by this answer because I think the question is better than the answer. But uh, it's the same reason why today you could daven without kavanah every day of your life. But especially if you're from or if you're Orthodox, your entire life is still built around how close you are to a synagogue and how con how connected you are to the Jewish community around you. Right. Similarly here, where of course you can repent, but God set the system up so that A, his, his priests are being fed, but secondly, so that J Jerusalem remains the capital of, yes. of, and, uh, of commerce and of travel, yes. and, and that the greater Jewish nation as well has, has a, a vein and an artery which, which is, is pumping. Um, so, so even that aspect, it's not a spiritual one. Is yeah, it? I don't, I don't think that's disappointing, um, but I, I think that uh, the the key is to remember that the whole idea of the Mishkan and the Temple is that He would be able to dwell among us, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you live in the Northern Galilee, you still want that relationship with Him, and you're still going to ask for His forgiveness for that sin. But what's the difference when you go to Jerusalem? What's the difference when He's you go to Jerusalem? He's physically there. He's physically there. Well, now I'm going to come into His presence. Close. And I know that I sinned, but I came to bring in Olah. What are you going to do? Oh. I could have got to do this one first. Because if I try to do this one first, what happens? You didn't cover everything. I could die. Yeah. Because the concept of His holiness... I'm convinced, regardless of how much we study, is unknown to us. No matter how much we study, we cannot comprehend the fact that we are not holy and He is holy. It's as simple as that. He's holy. You come. It's like Star Trek. It's the matter and the antimatter, and you just can't put them in the same room. It's not going to happen. So <laughs> you got to do that Man. in order to do that. It's as simple as that, right? Everybody gets it now. Oh, okay. So there it is. Pow! See, he did it wrong. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to him? The very he didn't choose wisely. It's that spot. That's that grease. That grease spot on the floor over there. Wow. That's that's best. He did it wrong. That, that, that one guy about to walk in sees that. He's like, wait a minute, guys, I gotta go. I, where was the I didn't use the mentor. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. All right.
Just remember. <laughs> real quick on the, the reason sacrifices. Why yes, sir. Can't hear. Can't hear. Say again. Right, just real quick on the, the idea of sacrifices. There's this cool thing. Can we call them uh, offerings? Yes. I, yes. Okay. That's yes. the preferred term. Yeah. Okay. I prefer offering. Sure. Well, because um, if I'm talking to someone in the visible expression of the church and I say offering, they think money. And I want them to think animal. Right. If I say sacrifice, I don't know what they're thinking. We bring the sacrifice of praise. Yeah, I don't, I'm not into that. Yeah. Right? Like so right. Well, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs was pointing out that uh, the, the great question, of course, that could be asked right now is, well, now what? Of course, that's what everyone was asking after the temple was destroyed, especially the second one. It's like, well, that was, that was the central idea behind how we connected with God. Like, that's completely gone now. What are we supposed to do? Yeah. And it was, uh, I guess, no one really had a good answer until the first Lubavitcher Rebbe came around and found a nuance in the grammar in Leviticus. Ah. And it's, uh, if I remember correctly, it was basically like it should have said, um, and one of you shall bring a sacrifice. Where, and that's how it should read, but then it actually reads like, and you bring the sacrifice of you. And so, like, in the Hebrew, that's actually how it would be literally translated. And so right. he points out, like, that's, that's what it's all about. Like, even without the, the place to bring a sacrifice, we're supposed to bring a sacrifice of ourselves every single day to Hashem and in, in service to Him. That's it. Okay. So there it is. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so. Pesa. So, we just start out slow. How many of you have, have been to a Passover Seder? 100%? Okay. How many of you have uh, hosted a Passover Seder in your home? Pretty close? I don't think you count. I count. Well, I think the co-owner. I think the three of us haven't had the opportunity yet. The HA, that's the heir apparent. Yeah. Okay. Um, Greg Upham. Important time of the year to you? Of course. Pray tell. Number one reason why it's important to you. Because it's a commandment. Got to do it. What is the literal command? To eat eat the Passover. To hear the story, to eat the Passover, and to eat the Passover. Leaven. Remove the leaven. Eat the matzah. We, we're supposed to not only we're not only supposed to remove the leaven, but we're commanded to eat unleavened bread. Yeah, yeah it's like and, 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 and the bitter herbs. What's that? And teach it to us. And teach our children. Absolutely. Yes. Remember the Exodus. And to remember the Exodus. Outstanding. I just learned this year that it is actually a rabbinic command to do the leaning to the left thing. Like that's not just a tradition. That is an actual mitzvah. I didn't. How about the wine goes? <laughs> What's the contribution? Oh, well, any of it. Well, any of the wine. Right? Yeah. What's the wine is also a big Specifically, one. when you drink the wine, actually, you're supposed to put an extra requirement. You're supposed to recline or at least have a pillow on your chair and recline on it, lean on that pillow, because we're not slaves. And that's the whole idea, is that he redeemed us and he freed us. It's two different things, right? He redeemed us from bondage, and he freed us from slavery. Okay, so this is important.
For those of you who have uh, children, what's 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 important here? Teaching. Teaching what? Teaching the the story. We put ourselves in the story. We're all supposed to remember or, or approach it as if we were there. Amen. Good. I like to lift this man up in uh, that his you know, his family's observance of the Passover been blessed to join them a couple times and um, you want it hands on you want it you know realistic they put paper up around the lintels of one of the doors inside their house and you know when they do like their big teaching seder they'll actually have like red tempera paint and some parsley or, or, or something and, and let the kids actually literally Dip the parsley in the paint and and apply the you know blood as it were to the lintel and doorposts. So it. I'm going to do that this year since it's on Shabbat. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to paint. Don't want to write. There's always second night. With the kids (laughs) in the womb when you're teaching them, they're gonna be like, I got an angel in here. (laughs) What's up with it? What's up with it? (laughs) You think you're gonna tell me anything? You're doing that. that. I learned that in in week three. With regard to Pesach, which oh, one? Yeah. Shalom. Why? Because peace offerings are are uh, typically what is offered for the major festivals. One exception, of course, being Yom Kippur, which is a, in fact a sin offering. Okay. So. Uh, but in terms of function, it's it's like between God and man. It's that reconciliation. Okay. So with regard to the sacrifice itself, does it fit with that? Why would it not be an Olaf? It's eaten. Who it's eats it? Everybody. Everybody eats it. Well, that eliminates all but that. But then again, in the similar fashion, you're not supposed to let it last longer than you know X amount of time. So this one can last for two days. Right. This one then can only last for one day. Exactly. Right? But this is the only one that isn't eaten the same day. But the original one was if you didn't eat it, it burned the rest. All of them are that way. Yeah. Right? So Well and it's I think it's 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 a multiple levels. One, it reinforces (laughs) the idea of the, the whole Seder, even though it's long, ironically enough, it's supposed to reinforce the idea that we're leaving in haste. That's why we don't have the, that's why we have the matzah, it's not leaven. Right. You know, you're going to eat this, it's going right. to be eaten the same day, you burn up what's not leaven. Right. It's about, it's remembering that God took us out of Egypt. Absolutely. Um, but it's also something of a celebratory offering. Um, mm-hmm. The Shlamim um, right. was something you could offer up when you were particularly happy about something, God had really blessed you in sure. some way. And so this is also sometimes um, called the Thanksgiving offering. Exactly. Uh, when it comes to Pesach, uh, Pesach is one of the <clears throat> one of those holidays where like joy and, and happiness yes. is encouraged. Yes, absolutely. Good. So this one, as far as where you can where you can make the sacrifice, as you read through Leviticus, you should have seen that. This one can only be done in one place, 
And this one can only be done on the north side of the altar. This one can be done anywhere in the courtyard. This one's got to be done in the temple, but this is going to anywhere in the courtyard, that kind of thing. So you've got a much broader place where it can be done. And of course, we read in um, Josephus, Josephus and uh, Urchin's uh, deal there, where, hey, on Pesach, they got seven rows of priests going. And they're taking those lambs out, pulling out the kidneys and so forth. Um, so um, not only can uh, all eat it, uh, this one is odd in that not only can you bring your friends to the temple and eat it, but this one you can get, you can take this one home. And you just put the extra thing to Yeah. After defying in, in your home. Yeah. yeah. So. That um, actually a big deal in, in, in the Talmud. Yep. It's, if you take it outside of the makom that you specify, that's actually a, uh, a prohibition in Torah. So you actually, there, there's a whole ceremony of dedicating your space prior to eating it. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Well, the uh, the whole idea. Yeah. Again, go ahead and your thought. Yeah. Um, the whole idea of having to register for a lamb and being able to assign people to lambs is a very, very big deal. And that you're now, as a head of household, responsible to make sure that these people get the opportunity to eat the Pesach. Because that's the command, to eat the Pesach. And that's one of the reasons why there's not lamb on our Pesach table. Because we cannot sacrifice it, therefore we don't even want to give the impression that we can eat the Pesach. We cannot. There's another commandment that's important to Pesach. What is it? Make the pilgrimage. You need to make the pilgrimage because it is a pilgrimage festival or feast, but there is one thing that was different. Yeah. Okay? To get in here to do this, often, I would say 99 if not 100% of the time, you're going to pass through the waters of the mikvah to get in, just to be sure. I mean, you hate to die because you didn't get wet, right? I mean, really. But the one biggie that is different for this one than any of the others is that you cannot eat the Passover unless you are part of the covenant, that it is a covenant in the flesh, right? You have to be circumcised. We always have every man who shows up drop his drawers right there. there. (laughs) Do whatever he can. Be prepared. No question. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. I think it's circumcised. Colby actually needs sex because he's a you know nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I I have another point, but on that particular point, um, since we don't actually eat the Passover. Then one could be absolutely flexible. Sure. Well, not, not only that, I, I, it, it's not literally saying one has to not have a foreskin. It's saying one has to perform a one has to be circumcised. And is it a Jewish circumcision or is it just any circumcision? It has to be a Jewish. You know, circumcision. it's really not that important to me right now. How the weenie looks. Sure. But, well, but well, unless the because it has nothing to do with the condition of the organ necessarily. It has to do with whether or not this was a, 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 the, the motive behind the circumcision exactly. was to fulfill Jewish law. And okay. are, are, are you, it, it is a covenant of the flesh, but you're still, you're, you're joining a physical fleshly people. Absolutely. So, like, so, it, so even then, it's not, it's kind of pointless just to 
just to check people are circumcised or not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's pointless, but it's certainly back in those days would be a sign that there is a, a covenant in the flesh. Because back then, back they then. were the only ones that did it. Precisely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, just that did change, but yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Well, yeah. there's, a, there's a school in Jewish thought that, you know, depending on the translation in your Bible, where it says that, you know, back in, I don't know, Genesis 12 or 13 or something, where um, Abraham, where most people's Bibles read that Abraham circumcised Ishmael. Well, you know, the, some rabbis and some interpretations actually read the Hebrew in that passage as, as the and on that day he circumcised the foreskin of his flesh speaking that Ishmael circumcised himself so that he wasn't part of the covenant You ha the idea being that you had to be brought into the covenant by somebody who's already in it that's good, that's good. Okay. good, good, second comment yes, yeah, so one of the things that always kind of fun, uh, especially if you're talking. Circumcising the guests? We always do four glasses before the circumcision, and then we have a so we, we always use one of the first two nights of Passover. One of those is, um, is almost always uh, a lot of our Christian friends. Right, right, right. right yeah. that, that have, have you know, they know we're weird and whatever, but they're somewhat interested, so they end up coming. And, and but, <clears throat> but one of the things that's interesting here is, you know, in Christianity, everybody views Messiah as you know the Passover. You know, sure. He is our, he is our right. Passover. Exactly. He's the Lamb. I mean, all the all those all those metaphors and titles. Um, but they associate his death with a sin offering. Well, <clears throat> If he is, if he is metaphorically a a Passover offering, he is by definition a peace offering. Right. Um, and, and if he were a sin offering, no one could follow his command to eat of his flesh and right. drink of his blood. Couldn't couldn't do it. And, and then also, following the laws of the Pesach offering is also. Interesting that that's why he came out of the grave on the third day, because what's the whole point of having to either mm. eat it or burn it by the third day? So because it's holy, it cannot suffer decay. Mm. So Messiah, to the extent metaphorically, he's a picture of the Passover offering. Right. Right. He, you know, we have a prophecy in the Psalms too. I will not let my servant suffer. Okay, right. So that is um, a, another connection there. Why he comes out of the grave on the third day? Because he can't, as a Pesach offering, metaphorically, he cannot begin to decay. Right. And so there you go. Yeah, I like it. That's good. Very good. So Are you just feeling peer pressure? Or would you, if the temple or an altar were set up on the, on the right place, would you attempt to make sacrifice? He won't let you in, but 
would you? Or do you find that revolting? I'd want to convert You'd want to? Yeah. What's that? After I converted Judaism, I would do it. Okay. So I wouldn't be allowed to. You wouldn't be allowed to, but you would want to. But, yeah, like, you would want, want to. to yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. Everybody in that same same vein? Everyone would want to. Okay. Why would you not? Um, well, if, if you thought that the sacrifices were done away with, with Yeshua's sacrifice, then you wouldn't you wouldn't want to, right? Yeah. Well, because it would be trampling on his blood. Yeah, I think uh, Daniel Lancaster puts it, you know, he says, you know, at, at best it would be redundant, or at worst it would be an affront to the finished work of Messiah. Yeah, exactly right. So, how do we know? I mean, if you're with your friends that are still in the visible representation of the church, and they are appalled that you would it sounds like you all wanted to sacrifice. How would you respond? If they said that was trampling on the blood of Christ, or that was done away with by Yeshua's sacrifice, what would? how would you respond? Well, you have to kind of pique their interest and let them know that the apostles and Paul did it. And, you know, okay. You know. I would respond the same way I would respond to any, like if they had said kosher is you know, done away with. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all, it, it being... An offering doesn't make it different than the other commandments of the Torah. You, you should not do away with, with any of that. Okay, so you're, you're going to the Matthew 5 deal, okay? So really, you can, you can go right into the book of Zechariah, okay. which talks about a future, uh, future temple. Well, you say that's metaphorical. You blew it. Post apocalyptic. Yeah, you blew it. Yeah, then we can also go into Hebrews. They're not going to buy it. You are the third temple. You go into Hebrews. <laughs> you are the third temple. Right. <laughs> in the book of Hebrews, it says the blood ah, of bulls and goats. Ah, no, Hebrews got something there. What's that? What's that? The blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. Can never take, can away, never sin. take away sin. So, so where do you go? I, I would just show them in the Talmud. Actually, the Kabbalah is better for that, I have to say. So. Gentlemen, I, I submit that if they say that the sacrifices were done away with or fulfilled completely in Yeshua, I would bring them right back to their Bible and say, I'm sorry, what did you think these were for? Well, there are I, some tricky places where they say, and the priest will provide atonement for Absolutely. Well, I don't find that tricky yeah. in any way. Yeah, well, they, they, what were they, they will for? go there without that you. Let them go there. Yeah. What were they for? To draw close to Hashem. No, yeah, close. Well, well, it's a korban, so that part. What of the were they for there for? Is they were for atonement. Okay, a, a, a covering. Okay, for in order that to draw close to God. In order that you could draw close physically Isn't to Hashem. Said? You said to draw close to Hashem. Okay, no, so they're to stop you from dying right. while you draw close to Hashem. Okay. There's a difference. Okay, that's why there is atonement. That's why there is a covering. Because if you didn't have the covering, you would die. It's as simple as that. If you think that these were for sin, if you think these were for eternal salvation, to give you a place in the world to come, you didn't read Hebrews. The blood of bulls and goats can never take away sin. That's not why they did it. Point them right back here and say, why did they do that? If you think they're done away with by Yeshua, you are actually doing what? You're bringing down the sacrifice of the master to the level. You're trampling on the blood of Christ. You're doing what you're claiming I'm doing. You're bringing it down to the level of an animal. Yeah. 
How can you say that his sacrifice was like animals when he said a human sacrifice is an abomination? Are you reading the same Bible? Hello? And then when, when you've gone that far, sometimes they'll say this. Like, so you're telling me that God is like a, a big radioactive tank, like this big, you know, room that's radioactive in order to get in there because it's a room suit. of death and they have this negative I have to put, I have to put on this, this suit so you're saying God is a death chamber this is my husband and, uh, and, and you say you have to be careful how you craft it saying it's the opposite well, that's, like, because that's he's, actually he's the, 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 the other you're, way evil you're the one who's you're the one that's got the, yeah. who has the, the radioactive yeah. yeah. you're yeah. toxic exactly yeah. you're toxic that's good that's, that's, like, that's excellent yeah if you phrase it like that Christians typically don't have a problem with that right yeah I'm toxic for me to come in his presence. And, you know, and ironically, it's, it's the Christian community that's big on the, like, the, how bad humans are in mankind, how sinful we are, and how unholy we are. But they don't, they don't, they don't think about that they don't, when you're physically getting close to a but they don't, unholy location. The reason for that, you're exactly right, yeah. but the reason for that is they don't equate any of this with drawing close physically. Uh, sure. That's the problem. Common? We're just scratching. And it's the same. Good, good, good. Yes, one other connection between Messiah Yeshua and the Pesach offering is because it is because the Pesach offering is by definition of Shalomim, it's it's voluntary. Right. And therefore he laid his, his life down voluntarily. Right? He said nobody takes take takes my, my exactly. life. So uh, another uh, connection. That's there. good. Yeah. Excellent. Other comments on uh, Passover? That even connects back to the original comment by Rabbi Jonathan Sachs about like being a personal sacrifice, following the footsteps of our master, right. being a disciple. Voluntarily, laying down your life. Until, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just strengthens that around this. A group. greater man has no love than this. Mm -hmm. Then he lays down his life for his friends. Good. Good. All right. So, Vayikra Tzav. And the end of Tzav, this Shabbat, we have Shabbat. So, who cares? What's the big deal? It's the last letter. It's the last? So, why is that special? Why did they, why did the sages, why did Chazal want us to know that? Why did they name a special Shabbat, Joshua? Well, I mean, what am I? What am I doing on that Shabbat, or at least not this Shabbat, since it happens to be the same day as Pesach? But normally, what's the big deal? Why? Why is it important? Um, I would assume it's something to do with the timing around the lamb, because you have like certain days when you have to bring in the lamb to inspect it and that type of thing. Okay. Um, and then, of course, also you—it's a good time to be getting ready. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like. It's kind of like um, so it's a big wake up call. It's a right? big wake up call. It's kind of like uh, in in Israel they have a siren that goes off um, at Shabbat or right before Shabbat. Right. And uh, it's about it goes off like eighteen minutes before, and it's supposed to let everyone know, in case you had that last thing that needed to get finished, you better do it right now. Absolutely. So Absolutely. in this case, in case you still have that pile of bread in your closet, <laughs> you better get rid of it right now. Because <laughs> I'll. I'll say that we did select that first lamb had to. on Shabbat. There's no question. It had to already be in the home by this time. No right. question. Well, but I'm saying 
land selection day that in that first when we came out of uh Ryan, according to Zal, they reckon 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 it as as being on a Shabbat. Okay. So there is a connection to just to dovetail into Joshua's point with the Sabbath before Passover. One of the reasons it's unique in history is because that was, in fact, according to Zal, the day that we that we picked the lamb. I don't know mathematically that can happen because if you got to have that thing in your you have it in your home on the t- you get it on the tenth, so four days. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're exactly right. Yeah, okay. I was thinking you get it on the first, but you yeah, get it on the tenth. Yeah. yeah, good. That's good. Yes. It, there, there was a, a, a custom in, in modern days, and the synagogues were always packed because a lot of people would, would come to hear the the legal counsel basically give everyone the highlights of okay, here's here's all the laws of Pesach, so this is what to be aware of for the next week or so. Help you out with yeah, your and it was a good joke. It's kind of a joke because it's. Shabbat Hagadol, because there's so many people in the synagogue just to so It's that. a big, yeah, big, big, um, like yeah, Easter, Christmas uh, influx. Yeah. More like Palm Sunday, but close. Yes, right, yes, a Palm Sunday deal. Yeah. What was it about Palm Sunday? Good, good, good. All right, any other comments on uh, Passover? Does anybody have any, like, new traditions that they'll be doing this Pesach? I, I, I heard one that's Just cool. to share. Um, it was a, a religious from a guy that uh, I like to listen to sometimes. He said his family has the uh, tradition of after singing um, uh, next year in Jerusalem, they always finish by God Bless America. And he said that, that tradition was started by, I think it was like his great Zadie or something, who came off the boat, um, a survivor of the Holocaust, wow, and wow. immigrated to America within, yeah, that's, within months that's of Passover. Neat. And right after uh, Lashana Habab, he, he sang that. Wow. Um, that, was, that is cool. It, yeah, that, that, was, that was pretty neat. Now, the uh, religious film guy. Are there any non religious film guys? I'm just checking. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. <laughs> I, I, I had translated on the front end. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the yeah, there it is. Okay. Good. Yes. Um, I don't know if we'll do it this year or not, but um, one thing I did a long time ago that's uh, really kind of almost silly, but kind of fun to kind of inject that spirit of festivity in Pesach. There's an Afghani Jewish tradition. Of Did you say Afghani? Afghani Jewish tradition. Right. Uh, Jews allowed in Afghanistan? Not anymore. They used to be. Um, there's like one, I think, still in Afghanistan. Um, of smacking your neighbor with a leek during the song of Dayan. Not hitting them hard, but like, uh, and the idea is, uh, I think it's somehow associated with like reminding us of being in slavery or something like that. Of course, the leak being associated with Egypt, and they kept complaining about uh-huh. not having leaks in Egypt uh-huh. and whatever else. So again, that's, that's kind of an Afghani. That's an Afghani <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I'm thinking Afghani the next time I'm invited to his seder, we should all just pummel the host <laughs> with <laughs> leaks. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying, like, that's. <laughs> a, I think that sometimes people come Remember into this and they. It's easy. They pull the troops out. It's easy to treat Pesach like it's Lord's Supper. We all have to be quiet and very interested. But we and should be doing that before, yeah. right? Well, right, but the point is that during the Seder itself, it is a time of celebration that we are free from Egypt. So even though we have a Haggadah that has a very, you know, we have a number of things we got to do. Yeah. At the same time, it's like, um, we hope that you have that experience of joy and happiness yeah. during it. Yeah. So Cool. So I would say, for at least the three of us, since we're all, uh, us three, yes. Yeah. 
for you and your house. It says we're all newly married, even though I think most of us are going to someone else's Seder, we should make the effort to have our own. Yeah. Because we've not yet had the opportunity to be outside our parents' house, quote unquote, mm -hmm. and have our own. Even when we were out, we were single and usually with somebody else's. So I think that would be. If you're still looking for guests, I mean, I don't know. is anyone doing uh, psychic work? They are. Yeah. You're from what? Yeah. 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 And, and we're doing well. We've done this down for probably six years. We don't. We don't sign on the last day. Mama. Oh. I just found out this year that it's like traditional to have a seder every night of Passover. Not a Seder Seder, but like if you, I don't know, I got invited to some Jew's house on like a random Wednesday. That's <laughs> 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 a, a bit weird. They, no, you know, they are, it's a, yeah, yeah, it's, there's these Kol uh, Hamoeds, Kol Hamoedim, the in between days are special days. Right. You know, they have a, a higher level of sanctity and so forth. And, we're celebrating. It was it was a big deal. It was a big deal. <laughs> okay, so uh, just by way of reminder, if um, how many of you are you know normally pray the, the morning prayers? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so the morning prayers, uh, when you get to the uh, Amidah, uh, very early on after the uh, patriarchal blessing, you've got the opportunity to thank God for the rain that comes down, right? And there's an extra line in there that, not this Shabbat, but next Shabbat will be the last time that we pray that for half a year. For half a year, because we will then formally be in the springtime, spring and summer. Exactly. So that line will be removed. Okay, um, and that will kick off the reading of the Pirkei Avot. Yeah, Minka. Right? Will, yeah, Minka changes a lot because you're not doing like the halal. The songs of ascent. Right. Um, you're doing the Pirkei Avot instead. Yeah, Pirkei Avot. Read a chapter a week. Side note that if you do pray at any time during the day, besides Ma'ariv, Tachanun isn't recited during the whole month of Muslim. Yeah, that was a surprise to me. So Mondays and Thursdays, when you have the longer prayers with the Tachanun <coughs> included, there's no Tachanun during the whole month of Nisan, Pete says. Also, during the other days, we need to Why? I'm sorry. reasons. It's um, a happy month. We don't <laughs> <laughs> is always uh, cut out whenever it's something that's just getting joyful. It's a great opportunity to say. just say, because that's what the sages said. Trust the sages. Trust the sages. All right, so uh, I, I do hope that uh, if you're hosting a seder, that you'll take the opportunity this year not only to do all the things that we just mentioned and all the other things that we didn't mention, but also that you would be diligent to remind your guests, especially if they're still in the visible representation of the church, that we begin counting the Omer the very next day. Mm -hmm. And that is why Shavuot is when it is. TikTok, TikTok, and I think TikTok. one of the greatest questions, if we understand uh, Joshua chapter 5 to be our uh, Rosetta Stone for when we begin counting, then there's no question you will always have Shavuot on exactly the same day in Sivan every year. But not the same day of the week. <laughs> Correct. 
but always the same date. And God never gives us the day of the week, but he always gives us the date, except for Shavuot. Now, why do you suppose that is? It's a great question. And the only reason I think you can come up with is so that you do count. And that's how... You really never know when it's going to end until it always ends on the same day. But you really can't extrapolate data. Gravity is really statistic. And uh, can now. But it does certainly answer how the apostles knew that the master was lying around there for 40 days. Isn't this one of the odd years, though, where it could line up? It way? could line up with what? Because uh, Shavuot Sunday. is on a Sunday. So it's like you would have the seven... So we can party with our Sadducee and friends. Yeah, you can hang out with the... Uh, oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think you're going to understand. They'll probably count the fact that the, oh, the, the, wrong, the fact that the wrong ways <laughs> happen to line up with the right way right. is irrelevant it because is relevant. it's the same date. Sure. Yeah, like two right. years ago. It's still the same date. And, Qu- and no, uh, right. Ramadan right. all coincided. I will be spending Shavuot in the birth in the hometown of Rambam in Sevilla, Spain this year. Really? In Spain? Spain. Yeah. Whoa! Very nice. Very nice. All right. Any other final comments here? Thank you for this review. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just wanted a nice, easy class where we could just chat. Um, 